We're looking, uh, if you remember, at this series we've entitled Pace, where we're recognizing that for us to live in the good of everything that Jesus has afforded us in and in through his life, death, and resurrection, it means that we have to seek to live with a sense of pace in our life, a sense of discipline of saying, actually, it, this isn't just going to happen sometimes by chance. Actually, it's things that I can do that enable me to live in the good of everything that Jesus has afforded me and in my pursuit of who he is. And in this, you could call it spiritual disciplines. We've kind of called it pace because we felt like that's less jargony. Uh, but each week, we're kind of looking at different attributes. And today, we're going to look at um, the attributes of... Um, I've forgotten, actually. Soli- what, what's solitude. I was going to say solitary confinement. I was thinking, it can't be solitary confinement. And then also look at simplicity. So two S's is what we're going to do. And Sarah... Uh, is going to start us off. So, Sarah, should we welcome her and then she'll share? Okay, I'd like you to start off by looking at this scene. So, this is a beautiful scene. Can you imagine being in that scene today with all the heat outside and you're standing under the trees and it's lovely dappled shade and you're just walking along by yourself? And all you can hear is the crunch of the leaves under your foot, maybe a stream in the distance, the birds singing. It's beautiful, peaceful, calm. No phone, no noise, no busyness. And then you get to a clearing and you just sit down and you just, this thought comes into your head. You just say, Father God, just thank you for this beautiful creation. What do you want to say to me today? And then you just lie back and listen. So that's just a taste of what solitude can look like. When I talk about solitude, I'm talking about the habit of taking a bit of extended time out with God, just with the purpose of hearing his voice. It's a great habit. But the reality is, we live in a really, really busy lives, don't we? Like, we've got so many demands on our time. We've got the kids. We've got work. We've got so many distractions, haven't we? Life is just full of distractions. Everything's clamoring for our attention. We've got our phones on all the time. We've got those messages, those emails, those things that we can just look at, those games just waiting to be played. It's really difficult, I think, in our society today to get some time out. It's not really geared up for us to be quiet. And yet Jesus was really busy, wasn't he? He had a really hectic time kind of ministering to the crowds. And yet he often took time out first in solitude. And so um, if we look at Luke 5, 15 to 16... Um, which will come up on the board. News about him spread all the more, and so the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So Jesus seemed to have this rhythm to his life that helped him to survive and survive really well. And I would like to suggest that perhaps we can tap into that rhythm of life as well, of retreating out into those quiet places and then returning empowered for what's next. So that's what we're looking at this morning, this discipline of solitude. So I'm going to give you a definition because I know Lucy and Abby love words. Let's have a definition of solitude. So solitude is the intentional time by ourselves to be with ourselves and with God. Nice definition. Didn't make that one up. <laughs> um, so I'm not talking about loneliness, not talking about isolation, but I'm talking about getting that time out away from the busyness. Um, so Rob Bell, I have a bit of a quote from him, which I quite liked. Um, These are times of inner quiet 
to, of reorienting our lives like a compass needle. They're little moments that help us to be genuinely present where we are. And so we're just getting our focus again, like our compass needle, back again on God. Like the psalmist says, be still and know that I'm God. That's what we're looking for. So I'm just going to look at some examples from Jesus' life and just see how it worked for him. So first of all, we're looking at um, when he first started his ministry. He got baptized and straight away was off into the wilderness. Had 40 days by himself, 40 days of solitude. I'm not suggesting that we go and do that. <laughs> We've got to start where we are. Um, so he went off into the wilderness and then he came back and he was tempted by the devil. And what I'd like to suggest is that actually Jesus, after this time of solitude, was really sure of his identity. He was really sure how his ministry was going to look. And so when he was tempted by the devil, he just was not tempted at all. He knew exactly how to respond. And I would say that there's actually a place for us finding our purpose in these quiet moments, that when we go into these places of solitude, perhaps we could get time out with God to think about our purpose, the bigger picture of life, what our calling is like. Um, and so, he, so we too can be really sure of our identity. So that's the, the number one thing that we can do in this place of solitude. Um, number two, we're looking at um, when Jesus went into the mountains to choose his disciples. So he went onto the mountainside to pray and he prayed all night. And I just really love this. I love that Jesus, Son of God, had to pray all night about a decision. I just find that so reassuring that even though he just came to us in his humanity, he, even though he was the Son of God, he still had to uh, pray about these decisions and really get to town with what it's all about. And so his choice at the end, I would say, was quite an unlikely choice in a way compared to what we might expect. They weren't religious leaders. They weren't really educated men. They were kind of raw, ordinary men from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds. And yet, they were just the right people. And I'd like to suggest that perhaps in these moments of solitude, we can go with our big decisions to God, you know, and maybe in that place of looking to God for these decisions, we also might get some unexpected, unconventional answers because we've taken that time out to hear God. And then third, I'm looking at, the, at John the Baptist. So when Jesus hears of the death of John the Baptist, Matthew 14 says this, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Jesus just gave himself space. And sometimes I think that we just don't get that space to process our emotions anymore, do we? Um, I was reading, I was listening to rather, a podcast called The Importance of Boredom. So that really catches your attention, doesn't it? The Importance of Boredom. But actually, it was really interesting because what the guy was saying was that actually at the moment, we have so many demands on our time and for our attention that actually the spaces where we might have processed some things, for example, standing in a queue, waiting for an appointment, all these gaps in our time are now being filled constantly with looking at our phones or playing a game or, you know, and we don't actually allow ourselves these times to process things properly. And so perhaps these times of solitude can become times where we can really deal with our emotions, really think things through with God. So I think they're going to be really important times for us. Um, and then the last one I thought about was in the Garden of Gethsemane. So 
Obviously, Jesus was there with his friends, but he goes off at a distance and really prays stuff through. He really agonizes this decision with God. And yet, he came away strengthened and determined to go through what's next. And so, times of solitude for us can be times where we're really revived by the Holy Spirit, really strengthened, really inspired by the Father's love again, and really able to go from that place of retreating back into uh, whatever life has got for us. So it's retreating and returning that pattern. And so Jesus taught his disciples to do the same. Mark 6, 31 to 32 says this. Then because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So I'm kind of feeling that maybe you're a little bit persuaded that perhaps this might be a good idea. <laughs> I hope so. So I'm not talking about going off into the mountains, put on some long flown robes and, you know, gaze at your navel for a long time. But maybe just take extra time out if maybe you get, you know, normally five minutes of God a day, perhaps set aside an hour every now and again or half a day or longer, depending where you're at at the moment. Um, so I'm going to give you a few little practical tips about this. So first of all, I think first thing you need to do is find your space. So whatever that quiet space is going to look like, it might be in your home, outside of your home, it might be going for a walk as we just saw, it might be just closing the door to your room, or it might be like Charles and John Wesley's mother, you just sit in the corner with an apron over your head. Whatever works. <laughs> it's just finding that space where you can feel like you've blocked off the world. The next thing we're going to do, we're going to get rid of those distractions. So we've got external distractions. So they might look like switching the phone off, leaving it behind. It's radical, I know. <laughs> but this, you need to get rid of whatever is your distraction. So what I do, I take a pen and paper with me. And then when I can't get rid of stuff in my mind, things I've got to do, just write it down, come back to it later, put it on one side. And it's just a practical thing that works. And then once you've got rid of those distractions, there's all the internal chaos that goes on in your mind. There's like all those scenarios that run through your head. There's like, you know, what about this? What about that? And we need to learn to teach ourselves to be really disciplined, to think, no, I'm not going there. I'm just going to leave that. And because it's a discipline, this takes a while to build up the skills, really. So you need to learn to just think, no, I'm not going there, I'm not going there. I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. So things that I found to be really helpful are putting worship music on, helps you to fix your eyes. Um, maybe reading some scriptures, just really reading them over and over again, fix your eyes on Jesus. That's what that's all about. So my struggle, personally, is daydreaming. I just, I love daydreaming. <laughs> I might be fixing my eyes on Jesus, and then next minute I'm up some mountain doing some great exploit. Oh, you know, I think I'm great in my daydreams. <laughs> and then it's back to reality. No, I am supposed to be thinking about this. So it's, re it's a real struggle. But we can get there. It is a discipline, and you will get better at it. So we fix our eyes on Jesus. But actually, the quietness is not the goal, is it? The goal is to create this space so that God can meet with us. 
And so the final thing we're going to do is we're going to enjoy some time with God. <laughs> so just to say that it's not always easy to spend time with God. You know, you can go through seasons of life that seem really dry, really difficult to hear him. And I would just say, just stick with it. Stick with trying to hear God. Maybe get someone to pray with you. Perhaps there's something blocking the way. Perhaps you just need to forgive somebody. Perhaps there's something going on. So just stick with it. And we're going to start enjoying God. Um, so maybe you could then go to the scriptures and read a scripture. So just for an example, I was thinking about Psalm 23, how, how that would work for me. So you might read it like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then you think, do you know what, God, you are my shepherd and I'm the sheep. So God, I'm just going to put you back in control of my life. And I'm just really sorry for all the things that I have taken on, the things that... I've become the shepherd of, and I'm giving them back to you. And you could picture yourself maybe collecting them up, putting them at his feet. And just imagine yourself lying down in that green pastures. And then the more you start meditating on this, the more you think, do you know what, God? You actually are in control of my life. I remember now. You've come through for me loads of times before. And maybe things will start to change. And we kind of remember that he actually is enough for every situation. And then perhaps when we're thinking later on in the psalm where it says, you know, you might feel surrounded by enemies, you think, do you know what, God, in that situation, you're going to anoint my head with oil and my cup will overflow. And God, would you show me what that will look like for me? What good are you going to bring from my horrible situation? And you may come away feeling really encouraged, really connected with God. So you can see that it's actually quite a good thing. <laughs> so can I just say, can we just try and make some space for solitude in our lives? It will do us good. It is just really good. What I'm loving through this series is hearing from different people. We've just got something that feeds each of us. It's like, oh, wow, this is good. Can I, in a moment, I'm going to introduce Laura and James, and they're going to talk about simplicity. But before we get there, part of what we're doing, the point isn't to go, oh, that was interesting, very good, Sarah, you get time by yourself, um, is actually to think, no, what's this going to mean for me? And I think with the disciplines thing and with this pace, it isn't about at the end of it anything, oh, man, I've now put this, all this stuff into action. It's actually each week, what kind of digestible chunks, a couple of things say, this coming week, how can I start to build this in my life? And so in terms of solitude, I just want us to consider this. Could we consider this coming week, when could we find an hour for solitude? Now, for some of us, that means that we're going to have to remember about fasting. Because we have to think, oh man, how am I going to do that? My, my life's pretty full. It means that you're probably going to have to give up something else in order to find that hour. So think firstly, when? When's the hour I'm going to give up? And the second thing is, where? Where am I going to go? Because for some of us, to stay in our house, pulling an apron over our face, may not be it. It may be that we've got to get somewhere else. I know for me, I have to take myself to somewhere where um, I'm not going to see sometimes lots of people. Uh, so I tend to go to Licky Hills uh, or... Uh, Yes, probably it's like Rambo. I mean, that's the place I find. You can lose yourself in a wood. You generally don't find anyone else. And it just takes me away. I leave my phone or put it off just so I'm not going to get distracted. What is it for you? When and where? 
this week? Are you going to give an hour?